that they want diversity, they actually don't. What they want are certain groups to be vilified as oppressors and other groups to be on the other side where they are the oppressed, so therefore they receive greater privileges. And you can't run a society like that. What I uncovered in my research report was that all these gurus of DEI making claims that it, it does something positive, it's simply not true. There's just not empirical evidence for that. That was Wilfrid Laurier University professor David Haskell speaking to John Oakley yesterday about a report that he's published uh, via the Aristotle Foundation for Public Policy, which says that DEI initiatives are, quote, not supported by the empirical evidence. DEI means diversity, equity, inclusion. And David Haskell's research finds that such instruction actually leads to, quote, greater prejudice and even harm. The report writes that proponents of DEI instruction make the bold claim that it works. That is, they claim that it's effective in changing behavior towards the positive. That claim is not supported by the empirical evidence. This is the press release that has come out with the study. There's clear empirical evidence that certain aspects of DEI instruction lead to greater prejudice and even harm. So equally concerning for Haskell has been the widespread adoption of DEI initiatives without a robust uh, examination of its efficacy in workplaces. Haskell told the National Post that DEI instruction is now aggressively entrenched at all levels of our educational system from kindergarten up to university. Core concepts of the instruction, such as, quote, white privilege and implicit bias are promoted as verified truths, but the research shows that these concepts are not rooted in solid empirical evidence. Ironically, the public organizations we have charged with providing factual knowledge are, on this front, doing the opposite. And I guess a lot of this has to do with what we talk about when we talk about DEI. What do we, what do we mean um, about all of this? Diversity? Who has a problem with that phrase? Inclusion, who has a problem with that phrase? But I think it's what does this mean packaged as a system and what does it mean as, a, as an agenda and how have things changed in recent years? Because this idea of, well, let's, let's support inclusion. I mean, who's got a problem with that? But to David Haskell's point in this research they're doing, if we're talking about teaching kindergartners about white privilege, wait a second. Is this actually a divisive thing? Does this help diversity or does it, does it actually make things worse? We're joined now by Mike Ramsey, who is a trustee in the Waterloo Region District School Board. He also has experience working on government diversity initiatives, at least in, in years past. Joining us to break down this issue further, Mike, hello, good morning. Good to speak with you. Good morning, uh, Anthony, and thank you for, uh, for having me. Yeah, great to have you on the program uh, Mike, what are your thoughts when you read this report here, this research? You know, I, I have a lot of uh, confidence in uh, Professor um, Haskell's um, work. I, I know of his work. And um, I would say in view of the um, the overwhelming evidence that he's uh, provided, I just don't know how uh, school boards or other levels of uh, government can justify this kind of uh, expense that is so divisive. And, you know, like from my perspective, you know, as a trustee uh, since 1989, what I can speak to more is that the anecdotal evidence that I've seen, and that is now backed up by uh, Dr. Haskell's um, study, 
is that, you know, for the most part, I think activists on the front line do believe in their cause. But I think we need to step back and peel back and look at the people behind the activists. I mean, how do we justify spending upwards of $500 an hour to have someone come into a classroom um, without very little evidence and speaking to, to these issues? I, I just don't, it just boggles the mind. Now, I know, Mike, you've previously spoken about how there there are good ways to do uh, inclusion workshops at government or uh, at business and that you've been a supporter of those initiatives in the past. Tell me what works and what are we dealing with now that has gone astray and isn't working? What's, I, I, that's a very good question. I think what's gone astray is the, uh, the identity politics that has um, been inserted uh, into this. And to the extent that... Um, it is now uh, causing harm, as has been uh, suggested. I think boards and other levels of, of government have an obligation uh, under legislation to, to stop this practice, to pause it and to do some reflection. As you mentioned, you know, in terms of the work that I've done in the past, I can tell you that under uh, Premier Kathleen Wynne, for example, um, she, I, I think she had some very good ideas in terms of... Um, resolving um, issues and somehow um, we got sidetracked by people that have another agenda and has taken advantage of um, the premier's, the former premier's uh, sympathy uh, for certain causes. And uh, it's just about, a, it's a money business. That's what I, I see it as. Um, when you talk about taking the police out of schools, for example, and worked on, um, where, you know, the relationship between police and uh, racialized uh, communities, there are so many good programs that um, came about under government to improve those relationships. And now we have activists uh, backed up by um, uh, EI trainers that says, no, that can't happen. So the only interaction, uh, the end result is the only interaction between uh, the police and uh, racialized communities or young people is in an enforcement role not in that positive role hmm. that was what was driving uh, initiatives, initiatives in the past. We're joined now by Mike Ramsey, a trustee at the Waterloo Region District School Board, talking about this new report on how diversity, equity, and inclusion initiatives, DEI as it's known by its shorthand, uh, does not in fact reduce prejudice, but in many circumstances actually increases it. This is from a Wilfrid Laurier University professor. Uh, Mike, what are some of the things that we can do to kind of move forward here in a more positive step? Well, I think some of the things we certainly can do, like number one, I'm, I'm speaking as a uh, school board trustee, not on behalf of the board, but uh, as right. a trustee since uh, 1989, I would um, strongly suggest uh, that some of the things that could be done is to um, allow the police back into our schools, for example, and to talk about like real life experience, not the manufactured stuff. And I'm starting from a perspective that Canada is not similar to the United States. And those are mm. some of the statements that um, my friend Richard Bilsko um, highlighted in, in some of these uh, training. And he was basically told to sit down, shut up. That's basically that's my, my description of it. And basically, what it's come down to is that we are being conned into believing that we should just solely rely on the wisdom 
of um, of the activists and the people behind them. And that's morally and it's fundamentally wrong. Right. And the Richard Bilkstow story has really inspired a lot of people to take another look and a closer look at some of these policies. Uh, you and I both knew Richard, and uh, we actually first met via Richard and those tapes where he was, you know, a bullied and harassed, and as the WSIB had said, exposed to workplace harassment via these policies. I mean, Mike, it's incredible to think that what is what is sold as an inclusion conference, uh, an inclusion session, is actually uh, judged later to be by the WSIB a form of workplace harassment. Uh, and that's why I was, and I, I agree with you, and that is why I was pointing out that I, in any other situation, there's always been an obligation under the legislation to stop the practice when we look at um, the outcome with regard to uh, our friend, my friend, uh, Mr. Mr. Bilsko. But it's all like it's full steam ahead. And that's the part I, I don't understand. You know, obviously the verdict has to come in with respect to ongoing uh, investigations. But if you look at what um, w- WSIB has um, stated in terms of um, their interactions with Mr. Bilsko, there should be some pause for concern there. Pause con- for concern, indeed. That's uh, that's something of an understatement. Mike Ramsey, uh, former chair and trustee with the Waterloo Region District School Board. Thanks very much for joining us today. I appreciate it. Take care, Mike. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Speaking of the Richard Bilkstow story that you've heard a lot about, it was big in the news, and I knew Richard, Mike knew Richard, uh, a number of people knew him because he was a really powerful voice for, for education and supporting students. Uh, there is now a Richard Bilkstow scholarship and award that you can learn more about. The scholarship is made available both, there's a $500 annual award that recognizes a full-time educator at the middle or high school level, uh, for promoting excellence in education. And there's a $1,000 annual scholarship that's going out for those entering the first year of their Bachelor of Education program. So if you know anybody who's going into their Bachelor of Education program uh, this year, there is a deadline of March 15th to apply for this scholarship. And just Google the Richard Bilksto uh, Scholarship Award and you can learn more about that and how to apply for it. Uh, full disclosure, I am on the support committee for this. It's not a paid position or anything, volunteer position. Myself, Tasha Carradine, and uh, a number of others are, are supporters of the Richard Bilkstow Scholarship and Award that you can learn about online.